and we hope that we can open our ears, our minds, our hearts to hear exactly what it is we need to hear this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We wave high the flag of freedom as a patriotic reminder to never take our independence for granted. Fireworks explode into the night sky, lighting up the darkness, reminding us of our nation's calling in the world. One nation under God. We look into the sky and remember that for all the freedom we have to celebrate, we must never forget our dependence on God. It was by His hand we were afforded our independence. So we might stand for liberty, remembering He set us free from the bondage of sin. So we might stand for justice, for the Lord loves justice and He will not forsake His saints. So we might stand for freedom because we know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We thank you, God, for the beautiful gift of our country. May we always depend on you to sustain us. Good stuff. We thank you, God, for being in America. We don't hear that a lot these days, do we? It's like, let's beat up on America. Let's put America down. And Do we have any veterans in here today? Well, I'm going to kind of call you out. I want y'all to stand up. I'm sorry. Stand up. I think we need to give them a round of applause. <laughs> Bottom line, we enjoy freedoms that so many people in this world don't enjoy. So happy birthday. That's what we're celebrating here today or this weekend. It's the, the birthday of America, the birth of our country. Has Brenda come back in here yet? She's still, we had a big moment, a big happy birthday and uh, for you, and you weren't here, so I wanted to make sure. So we're celebrating Brenda, and we're celebrating our country today. And, you know, it's so cool to me that here we are on 4th of July weekend, the, the beginning of our country weekend, that we get to start our time here at Greenwood Hills. What a blessing it has been. And I've got to confess, you know, Renee and I, we left three very sweet churches. And we shed tears with each one of them. They were just so overwhelming to us on our, on our last Sunday. And, and it wasn't expected. And, and it was a hard decision to decide to leave. And we had no idea what was next when we made that decision. There, there was no plan uh, there was a plan that we knew God was leading us somewhere, but we didn't know that it was there or it was here or where it was going to be. And so to kind of walk on that journey, and for us, it felt like a fast journey to transition from that to here, but we feel like God's all over it. And so we thank you for the little bit of time you met us and, and to calling us here, and we are so, so looking forward to what's going to happen you know, Tanya and Brenda are, are the two people I've probably spent the most time with and dropping by the office and, and spending some time. And, and one of the first things Jerry said, he said, hey, you got to meet with both of them and, and see if you still want to recommend them again. I was like, what? I, I don't even, I'm not even there yet. You, know, you got to do it. Uh, okay. So I met with them. I sat down and I asked them just kind of some random questions. And one of the questions I asked, I said, what is... If you could pick one thing, what's the best thing about Greenwood Hills? 
And without hesitation, now both of them are separate. They're not sitting together when I do this. Both of them said, the people. Without hesitation. They said, the people are the greatest thing about Greenwood Hills. So man, that's something awesome to build on. That, that's an awesome foundation to come into that now I get to connect, be connected with two people who probably connect with you as much as anybody and says the most awesome thing about this church is you. So we feel so, so blessed to be here and to come along with you. And I know that with that as a foundation, we are going to do great things. So we're going to talk a little bit about being a citizen today. And I think you would kind of expect that. I mean, it is 4th of July, and we're going to talk about being a citizen. And, and the Apostle Paul, he has a lot to say, actually, about citizenship. And in many different places does he bring it up. Apostle Paul had a lot of little uh, cards he could pull out of his wallet, if you will, because he was a Jew and he was a Pharisee. So he was a well-educated Jewish person. He was considered a leader in that church of that day. He was also a Roman citizen by birth. And I would assume most of us in here are, are American citizens by birth. And I'm sure not everybody in here is, but most of us are. So we kind of identify with that. And, and Paul, if you may recall when he was first sharing his conversion story about who he was and how Jesus had interjected into his life, man, they were ready to stone him. They were like, what is this guy talking about? They were trying to run him out. They said, take him away, and they were going to flog him. And so he pulled out his Roman citizen card, and he said, hold on. I'm a Roman citizen. You, you can't punish me without having a trial. So the same thing for being an American citizen. We get to enjoy certain rights. We get to enjoy certain things that not supposed to do without going through due process or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of places in this world that people can't even travel from point A to point B on the streets. If we want to, we can get in a car right here after church, and you know what? We're going to California. And you could just keep going. Now, you're going to have to take out a small loan to be able to afford the gas to get all the way there. But the bottom line is we have freedoms that people don't enjoy. And I truly believe that our founding fathers, when they organized our framework, one of them was freedom of religion. We get to come here and worship our God freely. So the Apostle Paul, he would pull out his Roman card just like we will pull out our American card sometimes. Our scripture reading this morning is going to be from Philippians, and we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. But I want to kind of frame out, Paul loved this church. He loved these people. And this letter that we're reading from, it's one of his four prison letters. So he's writing this while he is in chains. He's writing this while he is in captivity. And this main scripture that we're going to read from today in Philippians 3 is known, is known as his letter of joy. That's amazing to me if you think about it. He is in prison, but he is wanting to make sure that the, the church, the, the Philippians understand how much he appreciates them. 
because he loves them. In chapter 4, he even goes on to say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He emphasizes it. Hey, I'm, I'm in prison. But rejoice in what you know in the Lord. Verse 6, it goes on to say, Do not be anxious and about anything. We all know this. We use it as a tagline. We see it posted everywhere. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, they were going through some troubling times. I think we could say that we're going through troubling times. And he was saying, hey, don't be anxious. With everything, bring it to the Lord in prayer. In verse 7, it goes on to say, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, that's the beautiful thing about putting our faith in Jesus. Jesus comes and resides in our heart. The Holy Spirit comes and fills us. And, and we can't even comprehend that. I mean, how does it work? Everywhere that the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Scripture, it's mentioned as a He. It's a person. And it lives in all of us that put our faith in Christ Jesus. How does that happen? That's one of the wonderful, amazing mysteries of the gospel. But I promise you that it does happen. So I'm going to our, our scripture this morning. And I just want you to understand that Paul is writing this. And, and this is kind of a, a serious part we're going to be talking about this morning. But he wants them to understand who they are. And he's happy about it. So I want you to read this this morning as we're in this country that sometimes we feel like we're struggling with. And imagine how the Apostle Paul was happy as he was penning these words. Now I'm reading from chapter 3 and I'm starting at verse, in the middle of verse 13. But one thing I do, now what Paul has done, he's talking about how awesome it is to be in the righteousness of the Lord, to put your faith in Jesus, what all that brings. And he's basically saying, you know, I'm not even worth any of this. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, all of us then, so if we all have our faith in Jesus and, and we put our faith in him, we are to look forward to what he is to bring. We are to look forward to what he's going to do in our life. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained, and that is freedom in Jesus. Joined together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. I left out a word there. Just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory 
is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. You know, I dropped in on a Sunday school class this morning, and whew, could we say that our world today puts their mind on earthly things, and that's what all the focus is? But our citizenship, those of us that put our faith in Christ, is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Let me pray for us. Most gracious and glorious God, thank you for your word. I pray that you give us the wisdom to hear it, to understand it, and to use it in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul is a very shrewd communicator. He is an excellent communicator, and he's quick on his feet. And I often tell my kids and my students as well, I say, hey, you need to make sure you're using what God has gave you. Make sure you're using the different things that comes at your disposal, whatever that is. Make sure you're using all of your talents. You see, he was educated by the best. He was a Pharisee. And so there were times when he was with the Jewish people, hey, he could go toe-to-toe with them. He could quote the Scripture with the best of them. And when he needed to, just like we shared earlier, he could say, hey, hold on, I'm a Roman citizen. That gives me certain rights. He knew how to talk to people and what to say. I wonder... If we, when we really talk about citizenship, do most of our young people understand, truly understand all of the freedoms that we have? Truly understand all of the gift to just be in America? I mean, that's the whole reason why we even have a border crisis. We're a nation that has been built on immigrants. And the reason we have a border crisis and just take all the politics out of it, is because people want to come to America. They want to enjoy the freedoms that sometimes we take for granted. You know, I sometimes wonder, why was I born in America? My brain will go, y'all will learn over time, and my brain will go off in crazy places and, and start thinking about things and Why am I not Chinese? Why was I not born in Japan? Why why am I not from Iraq? And I think it's a blessing to be an American. Why, Why did God bless me and my family and, quite frankly, most of us sitting in here? Why did he bless us to be Americans? You know, I don't know. But to that, I think we just simply should say, thank you, God, that you did. I'm thankful that he did. Our our country, I mean, if you just watch a little bit, our country sometimes seems to be going all sorts of sideways. And I I don't care which 
side of the spectrum you're on, you can pick your own which side of sideways it is. But it just seems that we keep going on and going back and forth. But if we were talking to a friend in a communist country and they had a chance to come to America, would we not start sharing how great America is? Would we not start telling them, oh, man, you need to come to America. They have country barbecue and Sanibels. I mean, you need to come to America. Come on, lighten up. Y'all got to lighten up a little bit. The point is, if we were talking to a friend in a communist country that was stuck, we would be telling them how great this country is. I think there's a sect of society that, that and I believe that the evil one's all on it, that, that just wants us to look down at everything that we have that is good. And one of them is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wants to just turn it all upside down. That is exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to do here. He wants to make sure we realize what we have. He wants to make sure that we understand the blessing that we have of being a citizen of heaven. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Paul is saying this amazing gift that we have in Christ Jesus, let us live up to that. Now, living up to that is going to be different for each one of us. But he's telling us wherever we're at, we are to live up and own we are of Christ Jesus. Verse 18, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. We have to recognize that there is an enemy out there. If anybody has told you that, hey, you just put your faith in Christ and everything's going to be okay, I'm sorry, they've been giving you some false gospel. Everything is going to be okay. But we're still going to have struggles. We're still going to have to turn to the Word. We're still going to have to pray for Christ to work in our life. And there's going to be times where we feel like we are praying and it's just all, everything is against us. And the evil one has nothing but doubt to continue to put into our mind. He is so smart. His main two weapons is distraction and doubt. That's what this society is that's going on today. It's to distract us. It's to take our eyes off of the citizenship that we already have. It's to make us focus on keeping up with the Joneses, whatever that is. Anybody in here named Jones? I'm sorry. Just <laughs> the Jones. Keeping up with... The, uh, never mind. I just, I'm not even going to say any more names, but you get my point. He wants to create distraction, and then he wants to make us doubt ourselves. You know, what we're going through now, the prophet Isaiah and the apostle Paul spoke about it. What is right is going to be wrong. And what is wrong is going to be right. Now, I could just open up a whole can of political worms right now and start talking about things that I don't think we should be doing or 
how we should or should not be addressing each other. And I'm not going to go there, especially not on my first Sunday. I'd be the fast man. Y'all, you got to get this guy out of here. But the Apostle Paul and first the prophet Isaiah talked about that. Verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Notice their glory is in their shame. They're having a good time with it. They like doing shameful things. And and you just put whoever they is. And they're going to make us think that if we think differently than them, those that are not Christ followers, then we're the ones that are wrong. Somewhere along the way, us as Christ followers became the silent majority. Unfortunately, because we have, statistics say that more and more people are not identifying themselves as Christ followers in this country. We have become silent. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to upset anybody. Like, oh man, that is so wrong, but I'm not going to tell them it's wrong. puts us in a bad spot. Yes, Jesus said, turn the other cheek, but I also know what Jesus had went in and started turning tables over when they were making a mockery of his house. There's nothing wrong with saying that you believe in Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with saying that he is my savior. And if you put your faith in him, guess what? You are a card-carrying citizen of heaven. The apostle Paul told us so. We're dual citizens. So these people, they, they just focus on, and Paul, it, it broke his heart so much, he said with tears, he was longing for these people. But he goes on, remember, this is his letter of joy. But our citizenship is in heaven. You know, Paul might as well been writing it to us today. I often wonder if the Apostle Paul was here today and writing some of these letters, because he calls a lot of things out, and especially in his early writings. He's pretty bold and and borderline arrogant, if, if I can say that about the Apostle. You know, if he was writing it today, what would he say? What would he say, and would, would, he, would he make it as tame as their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame? Their mind is set on earthly things. Would it have been that tame of a statement if he was writing about where we are at today? But this just could easily be. Now, he's writing to a church that he loves. He's writing to people who put their faith and trying to live right. He's saying, don't get caught up in that world, but be the light of the world. You still got to love them. You still got to pray for them. And I'm going to be the first one, whatever came in your mind of they, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, we're going to welcome them right through those doors. And we're going to pray for them. And we're going to try to be a beacon of light for them. That's what we are called to do as Christ followers. Paul wants to make sure that we know it could be Paul's letter to the Greenwood Hills Church. Just intersect. Try that sometime. 
When it's talking about the church, put our name in there sometime. When it's talking about the people and he's calling people's name, put your name in there sometime. See how much more personal that letter becomes. Paul's letter to the Greenwood Hills Church. Be happy, have joy, man. You are a citizen of heaven. We are part of the kingdom. Really, if you read the scripture, we're foreigners. We're sojourners. We're, we're just passing through, but we're also a dual citizen. So that means that we have an obligation here too. Those veterans that stood up today, that fought for the right for us to have freedoms, for us to be able to go over here to country barbecue and sit down with somebody and share our love of Christ with. They did that for us so we can have this freedom. That's what Paul is saying, that what we are supposed to do. Renee and I have a, um, a friend of ours, uh, to a couple, and they are... They're, they're Canadian citizens. And we've actually had to watch uh, their son because whenever they have to renew their visa, they, they've had to go to, up to Niagara Falls, go through the border, check back in. Okay, you still got a job. You're still working. Okay, your son is also an American citizen, stamp. And they have to come back. But they, their son actually has a dual citizenship. He can come and go as freely as he wants to between Canada, and America. If we put our faith in Jesus, they, they were just talking about it in, in Sunday school class today about how it's amazing. You know, we see sports teams, and, and, and I have loved sports my whole life. Sometimes to my detriment, I, I get too into the sport. That, that was because how much uh, Coach Van Hoy used to yell at me. And but it's amazing how if we were having a... Well, last time I was here, we were having a Duke and Carolina game. And there were Duke fans in here and there were Carolina fans in here. And I guarantee you we would see a blue on both sides if it was today. So we do that for our sports team. We want everybody to know that, hey, I pull for this team. I'm a Wake Forest fan. I don't wear too much Wake Forest. Apparently. Oh, but you're Wake Forest. I'm sorry. You know, we don't win a whole lot. But the point is, we do that for societal things. We do that for our team. And that in and of itself is not bad. But do we do it for our citizenship in heaven? I mean, I'm just looking at I, One time a year I get to wear this tie. Now, I don't want y'all to get the wrong impression. I'm not going to wear a tie every Sunday. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Um, I, my wife thinks that I like to dress up. I don't. And... So I get, this is the one time a year I get to wear my little uh, We the People tie. And I see the American flag peppered in red, white, and blue all throughout here. How often do we wear our Jesus shirt? I'm not calling you out. I'm, I'm, well, maybe I am a little bit. I'm calling me out too. How often do we talk about the game the night before, but we miss opportunities to share the love of Jesus. You know, it's all over the scriptures. They did not want us to miss it. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. We're new citizens into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Folks, if we have an inheritance waiting for us, we're part of the family. We are a citizen of that family. And that amazing inheritance, I was just having a conversation this morning, that those that have went before us, we want them back here so bad. We want them back here so bad. But I promise you, those that are there, they don't want to come back. They want us with them because that inheritance is so amazing. We are blessed to be part of an inheritance that Jesus has went and paid for us. This freedom that we get to experience in America was paid for by these veterans that stood up, paid for by many people with their lives. Well, this freedom that you get to experience in the kingdom of heaven came with a huge price as well. It cost a lot, but it was completely free to you. All you have to do is believe in it. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus, and you are immediately a citizen of God. We are of heaven. We are a citizen of heaven. Paul, another prison letter, and I'm about to wrap this up. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, now this wasn't so much a joy letter. He was kind of calling the people out. But he goes on and he says, Consequently, talking about that they put their faith in there, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him. You notice the common denominator, in him, our trust in him, him working in us and through us, not us, him, in him. The whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives, lives in his spirit. So if I can be so bold, Greenwood Hills, Renee and I, being American citizens and citizens of heaven, we are now part of the Greenwood Hills family. And if I can interject Paul's words, we are part of the Greenwood Hills family, and consequently, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens together with God's people, you people, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. This is a beautiful building. But the bottom line is, it is just a building. The only thing that is going to let people know that we are the light of Christ to let people know that we are letting our light shine is because we, the people, the citizens, let them know that. 
We can come in here every Sunday and Wednesday and close them doors and people out there ain't going to have a clue. It's how we live our life. It's how they know that we are different. Jesus' last command, he commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And he goes on and he makes one final thing. He says, as I loved you. Man, that's the trump card. Anybody here ever play spades? He just put the ace of spades down. He says, as I loved you. Well, how did Jesus love? Unconditionally. Without hesitation. He paid for it all. And then he tells us to love like him. Ooh. He just set that bar high. <laughs> and I fail at it all the time. It's not, it may not have been something you want to hear your pastor say, man, I fail <laughs> at what I'm supposed to do for Jesus all the time. I, too, have had times in my life, now I will say, and I've got better at it because i got friends who don't hold back. There's been times when I'm like, oh, I need to say something right here. I need to invite them to church with us. I, I, I need to say, hey, can I just pray for that? And I've walked away, got in my vehicle, whatever it was, and I went, God, I missed my, why did I not, God, I'm so sorry. Why did I not do that? So this week, probably not all of you, but some of you are going to have that opportunity. Some of you are going to have the opportunity to say, can I pray for you? Some of you are going to have the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not trying to, to be overbearing here, but man, I've been right where you're at. Jesus is the only thing that gives me rest. Jesus is the only thing that makes sense of this crazy world. Some of you are going to have that opportunity. And then, maybe some of you get the opportunity to say, hey, y'all need to come to church. We got the biggest sinner as a pastor that we've ever had, and he is awesome. He is an awesome sinner. That's what you need to say. I stopped that too, because that sounded like I was saying I was awesome. He is an awesome sinner. That sounded better in my head than it came out. We're all sinners. And I'm standing up here and tell you I have failed, fallen short so many times, but by the grace of God, he still allows us all to come alongside of him and be part of his ministry. That's what it's all about. Living out God's ministry. And I have totally left every one of my notes. So, I told you that I, I listened to the service. Well, I didn't tell you. I, I listened to the service, and I listened to Pastor Tanya pray. And it kind of, she prayed exactly in many ways what I had prayed earlier. I debated on even sharing this with y'all. Some of y'all, you know, Big Daddy Weave, the the uh, the music musician, and his brother died, and, and he sings the song uh, "I Am Redeemed." I can't sing a lick, but Renee and I happened to run across a thing on YouTube where he was talking about his brother that died, and and how much of a heartbreak that was. But he went to sharing his brother's testimony, and they would go to concerts, and before they prayed, I mean before they played, his brother who was in a wheelchair a motorized car would go out there and touch every chair that he could touch, praying for the people 
that would sit in the seat. So yesterday I was here by myself, and I walked and I touched every pew. And I said, God, this is not about me. It's not about Renee. It's about you. It's about us coming alongside this church and doing your ministry. And every one of them. I said, God, let us as a church be your beacon of light. We were high-fiving and fist-bumping last night when you were praying. And she got emotional while she was praying it because she was feeling the Spirit. So that's what we got to do. We both have prayed it. That this church is already a beacon of light and will continue to bless us to be a beacon of light together as we come together. Tanya, if you will, you and the praise team, if you will, come on up. Now, I've been saying for the last couple of years, especially to a buddy of mine, I actually uh, texted a buddy of mine this week, and I said, hey, man, what about a food truck revival? And he texts back, what? And I was just kind of brainstorming, like, man, what if we go, so I'm going to plant this in all y'all's seeds. What, what if we went to the Rocker Stadium and we got a lot of other churches together and a di- bunch of different denominations and we had a food truck revival? We had people show up that's never heard the word of Jesus before. And he was like, dude, you are just, you've lost it. And we laughed back and forth. So I've been saying for years, even before I left the church, that some fine people are here from. Man, we are in need of a revival in this country. We are in need of stop being the quiet ones, the silent majority, and telling people, man, we are so blessed to live in this country. And it is God, by God's grace, that we are who we are. I listen to this pastor from time to time named Greg Laurie, and he's out of California. And he said this this week, and I I literally, I I was getting my phone in my notes. I was speaking it so I could say it back to you. I was listening on the radio. If you want to see a revival, this is from Greg Laurie, then do revival-like things. Don't overly mystify it. Just do the things you know you should be doing as a follower of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to take it one step further. Just do the things you know you should be doing as a citizen of heaven. Just love on the people. Listen to them. That's how they know that we're his. Let me pray for us. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Lord, I keep sounding like I'm making it about me and Renee, but thank you for leading us here. Thank you for this Greenwood Hills Church. What a blessing to know that when asked, what's the best thing about this church? The people. What a gift. God, I pray that you will bless us all to come alongside each other. And everything we do will reflect your name and your glory. God, we thank you so much for blessing us to be here in America. That we freely get to walk in these doors and say, Jesus is our Savior. 
pray all this in your glorious name. Amen. Great is your faithfulness to me.
All right. So don't let me forget to pray for the food, too. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Uh, we are so looking forward to coming alongside and, and great people and just doing God's work together. You know, we, we just, and, and I want to say one thing. I, I don't know who you are yet. I know some of you do all of the things that I said we should be doing. I know that there's saints in this church or they wouldn't be saying that there's great people in this church always. So thank you for being the saints and the people that we're supposed to be aspiring to. So I'm going to pray for our benediction and the food. Most gracious and glorious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for blessing us to be part of your earthly ministry. I pray that you give us the wisdom as we take our daily walk and serve you. And God, I thank you for the food that's over in the fellowship hall and the hands that have prepared it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now look, I've been everything from a captain all the way to a chief. Now that means nothing other than I never went first then, and we went first when we visited that first time. Me and Renee ain't going first today. Okay, so when you get in there, get in line and start eating. And see you all at the fellowship hall.